Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Well, welcome, and we are here with Pastor Stephen, and we are, man, this is the second week of Romans, and you say it's going to take about a year and a half to go through the book of Romans, and today we're looking at verses. Yeah, give or take give or take a Sunday. Give or take a Sunday. Yeah. You've got it narrowed down. Narrowed like, down. That's to, pretty good. Yeah, like 62 weeks. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to be in the book of Romans for a minute, right? And uh, so this week we're, you know, you, you started with verse one uh, the previous week, and this week we're looking at verses one through six. And you kind of set up the sermon. You're asking some some doctrinal questions about uh, the reality of Jesus, um, you know, because uh, and, and you make the statement in your sermon that you know some people look at Jesus as a mythical character or some sort of fairy tale, but then you really start to nail down and you start to dive into uh, the reality of Jesus. And so the first question that you ask us. And I think it's probably worth discussing because there's probably many people out there that ask the same question. It's like, do you really believe Jesus lived in the flesh? And so why did you kind of, why, why did you do it this way where you're asking these doctrinal questions that for the church member, we look at it and go, yeah, we believe this, but, but you start these questions this way. Well, because there are so many people uh, that are devoted to discrediting uh, Jesus and the message of, of Christ and the cross. And so uh, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, the devil would love for folks to kind of approach Jesus as Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or, you know, some Marvel character or, or whatever it may be, uh, but not a real life in flesh person. And we know that's what uh, that's what makes Christ different from anyone else who has ever put on flesh. Yeah, right. he was one hundred percent man and one hundred percent God. And so, uh, I think that's the very first question. Do you even believe that there really was a Jesus? That he's not some fictional character that you read about in uh, in a storybook, or he's not something created by man? Uh, I read something uh, not too long ago uh, where an author was saying, you know, hey religion is a crutch for the weak-minded and mm. Jesus is some mm. some character that was basically uh, created by mankind for their own desire to have uh, to have a savior and yet uh, we know all throughout history that there are extra biblical writings and uh, evidence that there really was a man who walked on this earth in the flesh named Jesus Christ. Uh, so if, 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 he, if he didn't, if he wasn't in the flesh, then everything else is, is null and void. Uh, then how could he have gone to the cross? How could he have died? How could, how could he have he come back to life three days later? And so uh, that, to me, that is uh, one, of the, uh, one of the heart issues of the gospel is here is mankind unable to live a life good enough to where they earn their way to God. So God's like, all right, listen, since since clearly I know you cannot do what needs to be done, perfection, I'm going to I'm going to make a way. So I'm going to send my son. I'm going to 
I'm going to come to you and do what you cannot do for yourself. So Jesus, real live in the flesh, was a man, walked this earth, faced every temptation that is known to mankind, yet he did not sin. Right. And and you move on to the next thing, and you mentioned it earlier. It's like, and, and your next question is, do you believe that Jesus really died on a cross? And so I, I think, I think a lot of people think this. Yeah, it's one thing to believe in Jesus, right? It's one thing to believe in the man Jesus. But when we sit back and we look at the reality of what the cross is and what he did, I know that I've talked with people before and they can't comprehend the fact that someone would willingly go to the cross to pay for all of mankind's sins. Um, so this question, do you believe Jesus really died on a cross? Do you think that people struggle with this question? Like, do you think people still, maybe it, maybe it's one of those things like, okay, I believe Jesus, but I don't believe, I don't believe that he, that he did this or why did he even do this? What's the big deal about the cross? Again, uh, this is at the heart of the gospel. If if there was no Jesus in the flesh, then there could be no death on the cross. There could be no resurrection from the grave. And so uh, let's let's remove that second step, and, and it completely uh, it completely destroys the gospel message. You know, yes, he absolutely died on the cross. Now, you know, in that day and time, there was nothing special, unique about a man getting crucified. That, that's something that the Romans, man, they, uh, they specialized in crucifixion. And, you know, they, they looked for every opportunity they could uh, to inflict as much pain on someone uh, as possible. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of prided themselves in being able to get them right to the point of death, and then, you know, they're just kind of kind of hanging there. And so, uh, crucifixion not something unique to Christ, uh, unique to us today. I mean, absolutely, we don't we don't hear or see of that very much. But anyway, uh, here is Christ dying on the cross. Uh, there are folks that would even say that, well, you know, he really didn't die. He just was unconscious, right? We've heard that argument that uh, when they put his body in the tomb, he uh, he kind of uh, the coolness of the tomb resuscitated him or woke him up or or whatever whatever happened there. And so uh, again, it's just trying to remove remove the heart of the gospel, remove the glory that God gets through the gospel message, the very fact that. Here's someone who walked in the flesh, faced every temptation the way that we face that temptation, yet knew no sin and was willing to take the sin of the world on him. I mean, for real, who does that? No, no, who, nobody, nobody in their right mind would do that. Right. I mean, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll die. Uh, you know, I'll probably die for give my life for one of my kids or, you know, maybe even a friend or, you know, if our producer was in a tight spot, <laughs> you know, I might, I might be willing to risk my life or something like that. But, but we're talking about, we're talking about a man who died 
for, for those who hated him. Mm. Even dying for those who drove the nails in his hands and feet. And so, so wow. I, I know a lot of folks, well, is it really that big of a deal to sit there and say, well, he really died on the cross? 100% it's a big deal. Because here he is showing us the very nature of God, the compassion of God, that you know God judges sin, and God's like, you know what, I'm, I'm even going to absorb the judgment of sin. Not, not for those who are friendly, <laughs> but, but for those who even hate me. Um, you know, so like I said, we, we would expect guys to give their lives for people that are on the same team with them, but, but Christ gave his life, uh, for even those who hated him. And and so the next, the next series of questions, you know, do, do we believe in the reality of Jesus? Do we believe that he really died on the cross? Um, and this next, this next question is, do you believe that Jesus really came back from the grave. And again, it's it's the heart of the gospel. But um, I, and you mentioned it, you know, we we think, you know, this this is, or some people, not we, but some people think, and they could say, you know, the devil tries to discount, you know, it's just a story. These things really didn't happen. And I've talked to people, I've talked to some college and young adult folks who, you know, when we when we lay out the gospel to them, when we lay out the fact that Jesus lived a perfect life, he came for he came to earth for the purpose of saving all. Um, he died on a cross. He took our penalty. He took our place on the cross. He paid our penalty. Um, but then he rose again on that third day. Um, I've had somebody look at me and go, "That sounds kind of cultish. Like you're you're telling me that this guy came to earth." died and is going to one day come back again like it's kind of cultish so how how would you say or how would you talk to the people in the church of going all right the reality of jesus is he came he lived he lived a perfect life he died for us the bible says which we believe the bible he rose again from the grave so how how would you how do we distinguish the difference between story and truth of the gospel well, it's only, it's only it's only logical and rational for somebody to say, "Well, now hang on just a second. So there's a guy, well, who who claimed to be God, who says he left heaven, and he's here on a mission, and his mission is to die for the sins of the world, and three days later he's going to come back to life. I mean, mo- most rational people would say. Then yeah, that's crazy. There, right. There's no way. There's no way. If we if we were not aware of the gospel story of Christ, and somebody came and shared that with us, again we would say, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not buying it. That that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, the uh, I think one of the things that we have to continue to remember about God is uh, God is irrational. God is illogical. Um, God uh, is not bound by uh, space and time, and we're trying to understand the characteristics and the nature of God uh, from a limited human perspective. And so, uh, you know, when you when you even look at evidence, not only 
through Scripture, but even outside of Scripture. Same thing. There was a guy named Jesus. He died. Right. We don't know where his body is. I mean, if you just look at the the cold stone uh, facts, right. uh, the 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 number of individuals who saw the resurrected body of Christ that is uh, indicated not only in Scripture but also in writings of Jewish historians and uh, you know Josephus and some others along those lines. Also, the uh, the fact that there's never been a body that's been produced. Uh, ever so um, but but let's just say that you can answer all those questions you can check the box on every possible uh, every possible problem that you have with this bodily resurrection it still boils down to faith I have faith I have faith that this happened and we know the resurrection, if it's not for the resurrection, then everything else is completely uh, garbage. Right. The resurrection sets him apart. I mean, it's not it's nothing unique for a guy to say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to die or for a guy to be crucified, as we said earlier, or uh, for somebody to be put into a grave. You know, there have been all kinds of leaders of movements, uh, even religious movements down through time that are. You know, they died and they're buried. And what sets Christ apart is, is he rose from the grave and you say, well, no, hang on, Lazarus, he, he, he came back from the grave. Absolutely. But, but Lazarus, he also went back to the grave. Correct. And Christ never, never tasted death again. So I would say that is, that is the centrality of everything. It's all based on the resurrection. Now, so what would you say to somebody that says, ah, that sounds a little bit cultish to me? Uh, I would say, yeah, it is cultish. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is cultish. Uh, because when you look at cultish, you're like, well, it's like a group of people that are, it's like they're following a, a, a teaching or they're built around an individual or, yeah, absolutely. The difference is, this is the gospel. Mm. That, that, you know, the very fact of uh, he lived, he died, he rose again, he's coming back again, that is the basis by which we have the personal relationship with him because now by faith, I, I, I trust in things that I can't understand. I trust in things that make no sense. Um, and, you know, so I would just say, Hey, yeah, absolutely. Let's not focus on the religion. Let's not focus on, uh, you know, even arguments. Um, you know, I'll sit there and I love to debate. Uh, I have to be careful because sometimes in uh, debating, I will, my focus will be more on winning the debate <laughs> than necessarily uh, being evangelistic in nature. And so uh, I think. I think I think what we have to do is, you know, we have to sit there and say when it boils down to it, you know what? All I can say is he changed my life. He he, he changed my life. Right. He he lives inside of me. I mean, nobody can debate that. Right. Nobody can debate what you know. A relationship with Christ has done for you. Um, and so I, I'm not saying that uh, these things are minor. No, they are absolutely major. Correct. Uh, death, burial, resurrection, coming back again, 100% major. 
am I ever going to be able to wrap my mind around all the facets of that? No, man, I, I sat here and even yeah. after 30 years of ministry right. and, you know, seminary and all that kind of stuff, I just sat here and I'm like, this salvation thing makes no sense whatsoever. But it's so good. I know. I'm thankful for it, right? It's so good. I'm thankful for it. And, 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 and I guess the biggest problem that I see with many folks is because of their desire to intellectually oh, yeah. figure out the things of Christ. Mm. And unfortunately, they're, they're going to they're gonna miss eternity with Christ because it boils down to the faith, faith key. Well, and, and you, you address it. You say, you know, hey, it's either fact or fiction, and you have to, you, you got to have the faith to, to believe it. Like, um, you address the room. And you say you're you're gonna either stand on the side of it didn't happen or you're gonna stand on the side that it that it really did happen and you're gonna have the faith. Like um and you make this statement. It's not what you believe in your mind, it's what you accept in your heart. You can give a mental assent to the those three things, the the reality of Jesus, the the cross and the resurrection. You can give a mental assent, but until it transforms your life and you internalize it, it means nothing. Um, so you kind of you you bring in this subject of faith, and I know that faith is a a large topic, and we could talk about faith and the many avenues of faith. But well, when we get to when we get to chapter four in Romans, uh, Paul is. Paul's talking about faith. He's talking about righteousness. And it's it's kind of interesting because we'll address this uh, several weeks from now when we get to chapter four. But the very the very word in the Greek, and we know the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language, for believe or trust is the is the very same root word for drink in the in the Greek language. So trust in faith and believe, just like just like uh, you you drink some water, you you take it in. That water now becomes a part of you, becomes a part of your cells, becomes a part of your existence, becomes a part of your body. We have this idea that when it comes to faith, uh, well, I just gotta I've got to believe the teachings of Christianity that makes me a Christian, or I have to believe the teachings of Islam that'll make me a Muslim. Uh, well, no, 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 no. What the New Testament is saying is you drink it in. It becomes a part of you. And so that's, we know that's the relationship aspect of it. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, should I mentally, uh, agree with, uh, the teachings of Christ? Absolutely. 100%. Doctrine is so key. But ultimately, okay, now what am I going to do with it? Right. Am, am I going to allow it to change me? Is it going to draw me to Christ? Well, and you give, you give some examples of, you know, basically saying that we, we all have faith. You know, you, you, you give the example of, of an airplane. You give the example of traveling. I've used the example of a chair before. Like, you know, anytime we all sit in a chair, we have faith that the people that manufacture the chair and put it all together 
we have faith that they did it the right way. Like we're not looking at the screws. We're not seeing them manufacture the chair. We're not seeing them put it all to- together, but we're having the faith to sit in it that it's going to hold us up. So we all have faith, but you then then you talk about the obedience. Like you talk about the fact that it is important to have obedience and you make the statement faith that doesn't obey is faulty. Like, you know, the faith should drive us to do something. The faith should drive us to continue that pursuit of Christ. That faith should drive us to be on mission for uh, all that he's called us to do through, through, through the church and through the relationship with Christ. There's a saying, oh, I'm trying to remember it, uh, that, I, that I heard when I was a, I, I guess, a child. Uh, but it, but it, it goes something like this. The faith that fizzles before the finish was faulty from the first. That's and a tongue twister. That is a tongue twister. And so basically, it, it's echoing what you just said. Faith that doesn't produce life change is uh, a, a mental acceptance. But again, that's not, it's not faith. Faith is not just saying, okay, I'll believe that. No, faith is, I'll believe that, and I will receive it into myself. And we're good at it. We're good at saying, I believe. I got faith. I can do all this stuff. I believe that God's going to handle this. But our lifestyle doesn't match. Like, and, And I see it. Like We see it in our culture. We see it even, sadly, in the church. People say one thing, but lifestyle doesn't match. And, and you address that, like you address that in your sermon and, and we appreciate your honesty and your truthfulness. Like you address the fact that, man, we got some work to do when it comes to this thing of faith and our lifestyle and, you know, living the way that God tells us to live. And you make this statement. Uh, you can say all day long that you believe in something, but unless you're willing to obey God, your faith is faulty. Um. So is there obedience in your life? You ask that question. Is there obedience in your life? It's obedience that comes from faith. We got to have the faith. And then then you then you kind of shift gears and you start talking about a relationship. Like um, part of this part of this thing about having faith is, you know, we have the obedience. Are we doing what God's called us to do? Are we being obedient through uh, through our faith, but then, then you kind of jump into a relationship. Going, do you know Jesus personally? Do you really, do you really know Jesus? It's not the heart of it. Do we really know Jesus? Yeah. So when we talk about the relationship with Christ, again, we we always say it, you know relationship versus religion, relationship versus religion. Uh, what is a relationship? A relationship is, uh, hey, uh, I know Christ just like I know anyone else in my life. I, uh, I, I feel his presence with me uh, all the time. I, uh, I talk to him every day, many times during the day. I feel his leadership, his direction in my life. Uh, and it's just as, you know, I, I even say, you know, I know him better than I even know my own wife. And so it is a, in every essence, a relationship. Religion is, I mean, it's not bad, but religion really is man's attempt 
to work his way to God. And so um, a relationship with Christ should produce good works and good deeds. Uh, Religion, good works, good deeds, apart from a relationship, is dead. And so, I, I, I don't know, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, I, was, uh, I had scheduled a lunch with a guy that, that, I, that I knew from the community and was just really burdened over his salvation. And so, uh, I, you know, we were eating and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And, and here's what he said. I don't really know what you mean by that. Mm. No, 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 what do you mean? I mean, I go to church and... You know, I've been baptized, and but now what, what do you mean personal? And he was so sincere and genuine. He's like, what do you mean by that? So he goes to church, and he's been baptized. Yeah, well, I would say uh, there's a lot of people that sit there and can say, well, you know, I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, mm. and then you talk to them about a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And they may even sit there and say, oh, yeah, 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 relationship with Jesus. But they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Wow. It's, I mean, it's almost like if you don't have it, you can't eat, you can't understand it. It's hard to even describe. That's, it's like I said earlier, I'm aware of his presence with me at all times. I I speak to him uh, more than I speak to anyone else in my life. Uh, He, he, he guides me. He, he leads me. I'm, I'm ever aware of the of the Spirit of God inside of me, uh, walking with me uh, every every day. My desire has changed, right? I want to please Him. Uh, it's not, well, hey, I want to, you know, I want Jesus in my life because I might need a get out of hell free card, mm. or I might need a uh, whatever it is. Um, uh, I might need a genie in a bottle or something like that. And I think that's I think that's a constant struggle that mankind has had forever, is. Uh, not understanding and not having a relationship with Christ. Well, and we appreciate the fact that every week you point to Jesus and you give clear instructions of the gospel. You give clear message of the hope and the love of Jesus. And uh, you, you end this, this particular sermon by asking the question, do you personally know Jesus? And so you always bring that to the cross. You always bring that to who Jesus is. And uh, man, we just thank you for how you do that. Um, we're going to close this particular section out. Pastor Stephen, thank you for uh, taking the time to look at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And uh, again, listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you soon. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www.highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at Highland Park 
hilandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D-P-A-R-K dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.